Blog Talk Radio. All right, everybody, welcome to the next edition of the session, the first of the new year. We're going to be coming at you in about five minutes. Going to bring in some tunes fresh off of Trivia at Old Bust Head Brewery. like to give them a plug. We'll talk about that much more. The session coming up next, right here on Blog Talk Radio.
Oh, let it rain, let it rain, let it fall so high. Oh, my love is in this Welcome back to the session. I'm Mitch. You guys ready to get weird tonight or what? He's Rob. I'm looking to get weird. Noodle, kid. No doubt. Coming through. La Costa Nostra. Johnny Blaze. And then you've got Tim Pal. Gangsters, what's up, guys? with us to celebrate another brand new year of doing this podcast and it's been Rob I believe it's been about four years we've been doing this uh, I want to thank all of our listeners for reaching out didn't get to do a lot of holiday shows or New Year's shows to express our gratitude but it's definitely there and we want to thank everybody for coming out we're going to give you the latest in sports and entertainment total beatdown I can't wait I actually can't wait I didn't get to so the fight on Saturday, Steelers and Ravens were on. I couldn't get it in me to pay sixty bucks for just one fight. I wish I had now, but I watched it. I have means. Thanks to our old producer Alan Pitts, he, he allows me to figure out ways to watch this. We're the session. You're listening on Blog Talk Radio. Give us a call three four seven eight three eight eight seven six four. My name is Mitch Rogers. Follow me on Twitter at Mitch Rogers 18. Next to me, as always, is Rob Reagan at Rex Kelly on the tweets and producing tonight and providing the news is Chris Crandall, aka Noodle. Hashtag 40 Lash at tweets. Welcome to the session, Rob. 
We've been doing this a long time now. We're actually podcast veterans. It feels good. 2015 upon us, and we have missed a lot of stuff in the last few weeks. Entertainment, sports, and so forth alone. We missed the interview craze. I mean, there was like so much stuff that we weren't a part of, but it's going to be back for New Year, Rob. And uh, how was your holidays? I mean, we took a little Christmas break or winter break. Uh, it was good. Yeah, uh, it, it goes like way too quick, and like it's far too like uh, it's so hectic. Um, I'd like was such a last man shopper and stuff, but it was just you know, <clears throat> time. You know, when I was younger, I was always like traveling over my Christmas break. I would get, I would go somewhere, and I'd be back like just in time for Christmas. I've always been home for Christmas, but uh, now, you know, with family and kids and stuff, like, don't travel so much. Didn't normally go to uh, Pennsylvania to um, my wife's family for, like, a, you know, big uh, Christmas Eve dinner. Didn't do that this year because we had a young baby and just so much uh, stuff going on, weather issues, so we... uh, this is like the first time in I think uh, seven years that I didn't go to, or maybe even longer, my, at least seven years. I, think it's I didn't realize that you did that. Yeah, the whole, and yeah, I do the same thing, but it's only eight miles away. So you go to Lancaster. Did yeah. I say that right? No, I go to Altoona. Oh, Altoona. Lancaster is like Eastern Pennsylvania. Oh, remember when? I, remember I pronounced Lancaster wrong? I just uh, remember. Is it Link? Link? How? Is if it you're Lan- from Pennsylvania, right. it's Lancaster. Okay. Lancaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're Lancaster. outside, it's Lan- yeah, Lancaster. Yeah, yeah. If you're you're talking about California, it's Lancaster. Yeah. There's Lancaster. I didn't realize you went to Altoona that many years in a row. Like it was an every year thing. Yeah. I mean, I saw you right afterwards when you didn't have to go. It seems, it seems like y'all had some fun, right? You made the most of it. Uh, it just uh, you know, family. Uh, place. I had like we went, we did some cool stuff on the 22nd, like a couple days before Christmas Eve. We went to uh, we saw Modest Yahoo and the Festival of Lights. Um, That's tight. Like you, know, yeah. you and your wife posting going to like concerts and not Modest Yahoo and stuff like like. He's my so my, my wife and I, I love her to death, but she would never go to like a concert of like a, a brand of music that I was like in love with. Was it down oh, well, tempo or it, like, was it up Yeah, tempo. yeah. It was, it was really, tempo. well, that's the thing. Uh, I've seen him before and I've seen like a lot of video and stuff and he is very energetic and like, oh, you know, it's just jumping all around and stuff. And this was a lot very, of dancing and very but it was, spiritual. it was so cool yeah. and so contained and it was, yeah. uh. It was a really, really good show. It, it was very crisp, and you could hear it and enjoy it. And you kept thinking at any minute you could just see him, like, holding back. Because he's, he's pacing. Cool. Yeah, and like, like you're waiting. Yeah, but it was perfect. It, yeah. it worked so the well for... I saw synagogue like that. It was a Christmas time show. It, it was so... It was such a... And here's the thing, too. Uh, you know, it was in D.C. at the 930 Club. Awesome place. Uh, but, you know, we've been going yeah. there forever. And uh, it's, oh, a, it, cool. it's an awesome place. And I've had, like... I've had highs and lows at the uh, 930 Club and seen good shows and bad shows. And it is it was really good time and I uh we uh I don't know how to say it it, it was okay, it's uh if people who don't know Manasyahu, he was a uh practicing a uh Hasidic Jew. Hasidic Jew. He sent he's still uh he's still practicing Jew. He's not Hasidic, he cut the locks, he doesn't wear the same dress anymore. Uh He's more, but he's still very faith-based, you know. And a lot of his music yeah. is about 
Jerusalem and and you know Jewish issues and stuff and 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 kind of has a religious tone to it. And the show is, of course, he's like un. Uh, Locked now and doesn't wear the hat and everything, and he, he looks, looks completely normal. different. They he looks cut. completely yeah. different, and he's at, he actually was from. They were from New York. He lives in New LA York, now, yeah. uh, so you know maybe he's gone a little bit LA or whatever. He's changed a lot, but and there was a time when uh, I don't know if it was true or not, but uh, Manasyahu's band, uh, the Dub Trio, is like the best. It's one of the They're best Texas. American. Dub, dub band, yeah. I mean, they're incredible, like on their own. And there was like some, like I don't know if it's true or not, but you know, there was almost like a metamorphosis of their music. A lot of the best recordings that they had were uh, live, like you know, live at the subs, dub. one and two. Uh, so that's some of their best recordings and such. But uh, and then he, you know, they kind of he kind of but they don't play with pop. them, right? Well, I thought that he had they had changed because he kind of went on a pop like hip hop type, more electronic, electronic, yeah. yeah. So I, but, so I thought like you know they had broken up or something, and I was like that is such a shame because they were good. As good as he is, as incredible as he is, they are, they are they are equally as good, if not better. Okay, yeah. and I was like, and so that so there was a period of time when I kind of was like I don't know what about his music had changed a lot. He did perform with Dub Trio. Apparently, I don't I have I don't think that they ever really officially broke up. Uh, they did all their music with ensemble with a DJ and with the Dub Trio. And uh, it was incredible. It sounded awesome. Uh, the night ended with just everybody except for us because we're old fogies and we had kids to go home and get like take, take care of. But everybody literally went up on stage and hung out with them afterwards. You know, it was like, yeah. and that's how we were like because like you know that. there was a couple of. Uh, um, okay, that's another thing too. I don't know. It's been a long time since we had been on here, and previously, and I'm you know I'm saying I'm old man. Yeah. Like. It, it, uh-huh. You have kids, and your 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 life. I don't want to. Your life changes. No, you don't like stay. You can't stay up the same way. I blame it on kids. Maybe it's getting old. I don't know. Well, Mitch, things change. There used to be times yeah, when to find out. I could not uh-huh. go to bed before literally the sun was about to come up. You know, and for whatever reason. Then, and, um, and when we got Xbox Live, it, 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 it exemplified that. Him and like Scott would be on. And they business professionals. You guys have to be up early. You guys would be on midnight plus all the time. And you'd be like, "Come on, get on." I'm like, "I can't." Well, after work. having kids, there literally I could not play video games until you know after ten o'clock. You know oh, that's where yeah. I'm at now. My oh, window I see is, how this 10, is work. ten to maybe twelve, maybe one. And then you. And then, then if she cries in that time, I'm there and ready. It's like pause. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, a baby cries. Eventually, you hope you're hoping your kids asleep. You know, from I've probably been lucky because from like five weeks on, my kids like sleep through the night. So yeah, that became my awesome. window of time that I could like uh, play video games. But but anyway, get back to it. Like, uh, so we went to this Montezuma concert, awesome time, nine thirty club. Previous to that, like my wife and I, probably like a week or so before that, I think it was a week before that, we went and saw. Um, uh, Sean Paul at another club in DC that is um, I can't remember what the name of the club is off the top of my name out, but it's right next door to a a strip club like this this Pimpin's DC strip club and uh, his wife get out like every weekend to clubs but listen to this so like we go into this place the doors open at 7 right we get there at 9 because we're like man 9 o'clock 
you know, they're probably going to come on stage like 10 or so, you know. And uh, we got there. And, okay, they, they, what is it called? I can't remember the name of the... Uh, anyway, so we get to this club. We have to park down the street. We have to basically, like, walk through this, like, strip club parking lot where there's, like, pimped out Cadillacs and Lincoln Continentals and, and, and everything. Like, everybody hanging out in the parking lot before the strip club, like, gets going. We go to the club. It's freezing outside. It's, you know, December. It's, like, super cold, freezing December. Uh, we are slow. Like, we had to park so far, not far away, like, a couple blocks away. But the thought is you take your coat and, like, try to find some place to check it in the club. You leave it in the car and runs it. So we ditch our coats. It's freezing on the way in. But there is just uh, tons of girls with literally the shortest skirts that you can possibly put on them. Uh, that look like they're painted or melted on. Yeah. Not going into the strip club, but going into the club that we're going into. That The doors open at 7, but we're rolling in at about 9. We're parking our car at about 9, thinking, okay, we're cool. We got in there, and Sean Paul did not come on stage until 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. He did not, start, he did not come on stage until 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it was like... Uh, it was like 3.30, and we were like, we got to... And, and we were like, he's played every song that we want to hear. And to, your, yeah. and to your credit, I've been... That age, I mean, when you're younger, you could stay for those venues. I think we were at one when Goody Mob played, and we had to hear Fishbone for like three hours, and Goody Mob was late. We had to leave. But Oh, I was there. I know, I'm saying yeah. that. We, were, we, yeah. Like, I'm saying... There's a certain age where you just don't put up with that crap anymore. Not, it's not even your 30s. I think... 24, 25. Yeah. If it becomes 2 in the morning, if you leave, you're okay. But that was like, you're Rob, a kid, you gotta stay. I went and saw the Distant Relative show with Nas and Damian Marley, and, mm-hmm. was, and then the opening acts didn't even come on until 2. Okay, and, and that was like, and so we went through, like, Nas and Damian didn't even get on to like, 3 or something. You know, it, it was crazy. In the club, I just remember, it's Echo Stage in D.C. But I, you know, we got there. This was at Zanzibar. So we could just really? stabbed in front of there. You were in Zanzibar? Yeah. I've been to yeah. Zanzibar once. That was crazy. Ghetto. <laughs> the, so we're white. <laughs> I, we get to Echo Stage, and, like, you know, I'm talking to bartenders. I end up, like, talking to some of the bouncers, which really worked out well for me in the end. And Because I'm talking to the bartenders, and I'm, like, asking them, I'm like, so what time do you think they're coming on? Because I'm thinking, like, we just rolled in at 9 o'clock. They should be on by... You know, I'm think I'm thinking reasonably, and I'm like, oh, 11 o'clock. We got two hours. You know, we can drink for a couple hours. Yeah. And and I'm like, so I'm talking to the bartender, and she's like, uh, I was like, you know, so what time do you think they're gonna come on? She was like, maybe by 1:30. And I was like, you know, I was kind of stunned by this. Myself. And she was she was like she was like, oh, you have plenty of time. Don't worry. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, you know, I'm a little bit shocked now. So, the, and then like, uh, but yeah, two, it was two o'clock. It was like one fifty when they first came on stage. So anyway, she was like, the 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 club has like an upstairs that everybody thinks is VIP where you have to buy tables and stuff. But little known fact is that you don't have to be VIP to get upstairs to get to the bars. And there's less line at the bars, and you can like walk over to where you can have a really good view of it and stuff. So we go up there and we're hanging out because we're there for like four hours or six hours before the band starts yeah and so we go upstairs and we're drinking and that and upstairs i'm meet a bunch of or meet i'm talking to a couple of the uh bouncers up there right so uh we're having some drink and you know it works out well we have enough time to have some drinks and then stop drinking and you know make it home very you know safely it's uh 
So the, the ba- <laughs> Sean Paul comes on. We hear all the songs we want to hear. Uh, everybody's having a good time. It's a very multicultural crowd in DC. I don't know if people have been there. You know, I don't know if you've been there before, but it's a very uh, mixed. You know, a uh, lot of different. Uh, it, 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 it's it's much more mixed. It's just you, you, every nationality you could think of, pretty much. Which, what is sorry, Sean, I'm sure the Sean Paul thing? What's the Sean Paul thing? Is it temperature? Just give me the light and pass it. Yeah. yeah, I mean he has he has a lot of like a lot of good songs. Yeah. The uh, the uh, so it's a good show. It's a good show. But it, it, he Energy. comes out with a DJ and he's just rapping to his DJs and he has a hype man and stuff and it's good. My wife enjoyed it. I love the music on the you know the radio and listening to it and stuff. Uh, but it was basically like being like an MTV Spring Break type show, you know. It wasn't the most, uh, you know. It was good. It was good. It had a good time. Well, but like, at so one it's, point, it's gotta it, be lit. It's three in the morning. It, oh, it, well, he comes out. He's like our age, and he comes out with like a mohawk at like, you know, uh, it's gotta be one fifty. Yeah. It mean, was literally like almost four o'clock. I think it was three forty something when we left, and it, it, I it's like a, more than an hour home. That hour is like. Being, uh, I mean, like it's it's more than an hour home, and uh, I was in pain by the time I got home. But so we're upstairs in this VIP bar. This really, and like I said, very multicultural, lots of different. And in DC, that's how DC is. And 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 there's it's not necessarily clicky where you see just groups of specific races or cultures hanging out together. It's very mixed. You you commonly have friends that are you know so. but there's, you know, lots of, like I said, uh, beautiful girls with melted-on skirts, you know, all, all over, of every, like, you know, nationality and whatever you can imagine. And uh, so this, this, probably the biggest Mexican dude I've ever seen before in my life. I'm a big dude. And a Mexican dude as big as me, if not bigger than me. No, this is Mexican. This is Mexican. Yeah. And uh, he uh, comes up, and he has, like... Do you remember uh, PCU? Do you remember that movie PCU? Okay, who was the guy who directed Iron Man, who was also in Friends, who played Gutter? And uh, remember the dude? He had like the. Of course. Okay, and Rudy. That's how this Mexican dude. That's how this Mexican dude. John. John Favreau. Yeah. So anyway, so um, so this dude comes in like, and he is he's Gutter, right? Completely. And, but the dude is rolling six women deep, right? right? So he rolls up in the VIP section, six women deep. Pretty big dude. Like I the, said, you're at the bar next to I'm the VIP bar. section. I'm at the bar. I'm at the VIP bar right. that uh, you just don't have to be a VIP to be yeah, up at the bar. You can still look at painted dresses. I mean, not look. or just the, uh, be able to describe on the show. I mean, it was a crowded club down low, and it's like elbow to elbow. Nobody knows anything up there. We're in the catwalks. We're looking right down to the stage. We don't. Yeah. We're standing right at the bar. Where we, you know, it's a perfect place. This dude rolls up, ha- has like some like skater hair, right? Like all pulled back, uh, possibly wearing eye makeup. Okay, uh, but I did not get. I didn't get like a. I didn't get a gay... There was a lot of gay people there because the area was northwest. Oh, it's just like a one It was northwest. Like Echo stage. Right. Uh, yeah. It's near DuPont. Uh, there was a lot of gay people there. And no problem with it. Very comfortable, easygoing place. Didn't get a gay vibe from this dude, but he was wearing... He was dressed very exotically for the biggest Mexican dude I've ever seen before in my life. And, uh, like, literally, maybe... I mean, I like... you got a bit of a gay vibe. 
Like a little bit. No, 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 because no, because he was rolling around six girls. No, he was rolling six girls, and I mean hand on two butts. Right, but that like you know what when you're so flamboyant. I didn't, I didn't, get, I didn't get any sort hedrow. of. I didn't get any sort of like. I didn't get any sort of give up. I could see He that. was wearing like dark. Eyeshadow means nothing. Okay. Oh my gosh. So anyways, he has like this skater haircut where it's like Marilyn long, Manson. and he comes up and he's like, <clears throat> he starts trying to like. There's plenty Hi. of you could go to either side of the bar around me and like get a drink or anything. Luckily earlier I had been talking to some of the, uh, I had been talking to some of the bouncers before. The, uh, before Sean Paul came on stage, and we ended up, uh, you know, ended up like being cool with a couple of them. Well, then this dude comes up after Sean Paul's playing. The dude ends up like, I'm thinking he's talking shit to me. I, I'm taking it as he's, because he comes up and he's like break dancing and kind of like bumping Wait, into me. And what? Stuff. You like a dance off break dancing style? He's like break like... dancing, but he's like trying to impress his harem. Okay, you know. Yeah, okay. But he has his back to me bumping. How did this sometimes. happen? Where he was just like picked you as his fawn. As his... I don't know. I'm standing at the bar. It's like my wife's standing next to me. Him and his harem are standing <laughs> up there, and he's like break dancing and stuff. And he bumps into me a couple. We times. need to animate. And this he show. turns yeah. around. He turns around to me, and I'm <laughs> expecting him to be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, dude," or whatever, right? Right. Well, what I grinding hear, on you. What I hear is so like Mario. He bumps into me a couple times. What I hear is, and my back's up to the bar. He puts of his hand up on is. my shoulder and starts like squeezing, and he's like, what? "This is what I hear. I hear you're." Geared, man. Right? And I just kind of like bumped his arm off my shoulder and kind of just was like, what, what? You know? <laughs> and he goes, you're scared, man. And I was like, what are you talking about? What What are you talking I had why not, you, you know. I, why I, I, why, I why do people like always like want to like, like without any, so you, 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 he can, there's some, not a vibe about you. I don't know if it's because it looks like you could kick some ass too. Like, I think that's what it is. Like, cause Rob yeah. can definitely beat people i've been i've known you longer but this dude was like mexican me but we've been out that we've been out to concerts where like stuff where people just like hit you for no reason and i think it's just because they think you're like being intimidating and you're not were you like did you get like a scout like any kind of like demeanor where you just okay well i kind of like bumped his hand off Uh, of my shoulder after he put his hand on and all i hear is you're scared, man. <laughs> I hear you're you're scared, man. No, like Hulk Hogan. And I and I bump his hand. I, I kind of like check him and bump his hand off, and I'm like, what, what, man? And the bouncers, Macho man. the bouncers that I had been talking to, like close in on him, wrap him up, are dragging oh, him out of the VIP section, that guy's bad, and he's yeah. totally like, uh, doesn't even pay attention to the bouncers, right? He doesn't even pay attention to his like harem of chicks, right? And see, he's still like yelling at me, and I'm like, I, what the? He's like, no, man, no. I said they are scared, man. These bitches are scared of me. He was talking. He was like saying like, my they don't want to dance with me. They're scared to dance with me. But it turned into this whole like situation, and he got kicked out of the VIP section <laughs> because of, because of he it. couldn't speak English. And then we stayed somehow until like 3.50 and balled out. That was, I was in pain. I was so tired by the time I got home. But then back to the 22nd, the Modest Yahoo show, awesome show, uh, started promptly at like 9 o'clock yeah. just as we got there. The, uh, the uh, and it was done by like 11.40 before midnight. It was an awesome, perfect show right before Christmas. Really loved that. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. So, uh, Christmas time. It, quickly, what'd you get it for? What'd you do for Christmas? What'd you get into? 
Um, I took 11 days off of work. I know, isn't Christmas it crazy? to January 5th. Rob, did you do the same thing? It was like, I had, like, I had the, for the first time. I reorganized the, my kitchen cabinets. I did like, yeah, I, did, I did so much. And I, well, I worked with Noodles, so they take they let you take time off on the holiday with ease. Rob and I are like a commission world. The way that Christmas fell on the Thursday, oh, and like the, the way the Floyd things fell, it's like, it didn't paid, make sense to go in Monday. And I got paid and then for I the could two just use the other days and just work from home. It felt like Christmas break. And I got paid for those Fridays, too. So I got paid the Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday. But it sucked coming back Monday. So I really only took three days off of my like work. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. And it was eleven yeah. days off. So. Yeah, I probably yeah, I probably took off a lot. Alright. It was awesome. We got a little ten minute late start. We'll edit this up to make it right. I guess we should get to a little a little bit of entertainment. Again, give us a call, three four seven eight three eight eight seven six four. We've missed a lot. What were your like Christmas Eve and Christmas was fun. We we downloaded at my in law's house the interview movie. Oh yeah, I went and saw that, that too. That went. I mean, we've been gone since it became. Well, we we were around when it was first yeah. banned or whatever. President Obama comes out, says it's deplorable that Sony won't play the movie. Sony does a 180, plays the movie. Everyone knows the story. But pretty good deal, like 5.99, you could get it. But yeah. on Christmas Eve night, I always go to my in-laws' house, and I saw Rob that day. And, I, and Rob's like mentioning every platform you can watch on. Like Rob's the one who broke it to me. He's like, da 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 da. I'm like, sweet. So like, you know, like, like is this like, the end of like, like my. So I can take it on my iTunes. Like I can do the one. No, but it's the only. It's the only. It's the only one not doing it. So you know what I did, Rob? We brought over the Xbox over to. Oh, wait, now it is out on iTunes. Yeah, I know. It's now it's everywhere. Um, but me, we we had a bunch of beers before we watched it. Like and we watch it the next night on Christmas. We watch it like three times. We loved it. My dad loves it. He he he's just like if you don't like it, you just don't like that humor. I kind of agree with him. If you like those two, gonna, I, and I thought it was yeah. a little mix of na- between neighbors and kind of the mantra we like with with the Pineapple Express where they're doing the action comedy. Because I don't think it went totally cheesy like Neighbors went for me, where I kind of like it, but I'll, I'll probably never have to put it in and watch it again. I'll watch the interview again because there's just there's they there's two dorky Americans so well. I mean, I, but and there's just individual scenes, yeah. even if parts of it don't mesh well together, that yeah. just make me laugh throughout the movie. There are jokes and punchlines. Eminem, and, that's that was perfect way to start. Rob, like, awesome. I mean, that is the perfect way to start the movie. You get your your one liners that you always want to break up. They hate they hate us because they ain't us. They hate us because they ain't us. It's because they ain't And then, like, you know, fingers broke. I mean, things get broken and it gets <laughs> grotesque. It's kind of a mix of all of what's good with I, what they do. I think so. I mean, I've seen it panned. You know, it gets a little splat on the Rotten Tomatoes. I saw it on, um, I enjoyed it. I saw it on, I can't even remember now if it was Christmas or the day after Christmas. But, um, at the... What's to the Alamo? At the Alamo. How long did it take the, you to get there? I've traveled past that thing, like, three times in my in the last couple weeks. Well, yeah, there, it seems like it's far. In Ashburn or Winchester? No, the one in Winchester seems far. I know you're the one in Winchester. Close. I can make it to in an hour from my house. The like, one yeah, in Ashburn, it's about an hour. Like yeah, it's like forty minutes from home. The, but the one in Winchester is a, is a lot better than the one in Ashburn. Yeah. The uh, but anyway, so yeah. we went to the one. The one in Winchester didn't get uh, the interview right away. We went to the one in Ashburn, and it was 
they sell it by seat. At you can, they have some showings like where you can reserve your seat. You know, you buy a specific seat. Yeah, all of them are like that. Is it? They're all like that. Yeah, well, Winchester's exactly. not. Winchester's not like that. No. But uh, so so Ashburn, you have to buy like your seat. So like, we go there knowing that like every seat is you know it's sold out, right? And we're in a section of there was only like two seats left together. We bought, and it showed that the seat next to us there was three seats you know three seat section area and it was like that every seat was taken so the, there was going to be somebody sitting to the outside of us yeah and we get there and uh there's nobody sitting in the seat and there's nobody there the whole time but we're like right beside an exit and there's some dude standing in the exit the whole time but it doesn't look you know i'm like oh it's got to be looks like an undercover cop but it doesn't look like some undercover cop so we're watching, and you know, everybody's got, you know, wild hair up their ass about this movie and about, you know, the possibility yeah. of anything bad that could happen. So the whole time we're watching this movie, there's a guy, like, standing within, like, my peripheral who's just questionable, you know, it's just kind of, like, standing over there. And I felt like... You should, when at, your waiter comes well, over. Well, that's the thing. You have wait at Alamo. It's my, my favorite movie theater. They come over. You can order like a pitcher of beer or wings or whatever. And right on your card is this guy. Yeah, sketchy. that's what I felt and like doing. Like, can somebody check this dude out? Because they had police when we got there. Uh, <laughs> they had police like pulled yeah. up on the sidewalks. Like there was definite like police hey, man. presence. And in lieu of what happened today in France, I mean, you can't. You can't discredit yeah. anything. It's oh, just yeah. a public venue where someone can do something at any time. Like, it was security increased around the board? Oh, I'm sure. At these I'm theaters? sure, yeah. Yeah, no, I've I've seen security at these Afterwards. theaters before, but no, there was police pulled up onto the sidewalk with their lights going as we're walking in. It was just to like show, hey, we're here in case you want to fuck around. Dude, the cyber, the cyber terrorism is crazy because here's what's weird about it. They're doing things that are impactful as in the old days when bombers like bombed warehouses and took out companies. They're doing yeah. stuff that's impactful is that where it's losing it's losing companies in the United States that much money at a time. But it's not of an act where the American public deems it something that's like war worthy. No. But it's about to become it's so destructive because it's not that. Well, that's it's what amazing. that movie with uh, the uh, what is it Liam or Chris Hemsworth? Black, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Hat. That's like what it's about. So that's perfect timing for that. That. But the uh, ah damn it! I probably watched the trailer and that probably inspired my. Segway there, Rob. So you watched uh, Unbroken as well, right? Because I watched I Unbroken. Okay. You read um, you read the book. I, right? I should bring Kim down here. She will never watch a movie with me that I've read the book because it's been very it's few and far between. I haven't done that a lot. I've done it probably four or five times in my life, mostly with like juvenile novels or something, or, or more of my younger days. No, I never watched. It never oh, wasn't yeah. Harry Potter. That is what I probably insinuated, but no. Um, does Hardy Boys have a movie out? <sighs> I don't think I've ever read. So I'm guilty of Rob before watching movies, like looking at the reviews and stuff. And it wasn't just the reviews. It was for the Golden Globes when Angelina Jolie's movie did not get nominated for anything. Um, I was I was about three quarters of the way through that book. And uh, granted, there's too much in that book to put into any two or three hour movie. If you put everything in there, it'd be a five hour movie. It is it's that incredible of a story. But I, I made the sentiments on this show, I think, a few weeks back where I said, if you screw this story up, you're not a good director because there's so much there where you should hit a home run. Like somebody should be able to hit a home run with this. Um, 
I went into it after I saw it going the wrong way. They left out a, for the people in the book, and you, you we had talked about that before um, uh, uh, during the break. That the people that read the book would find faults in it. They exclude a lot of stuff, and that's fine. But they exclude a lot of stuff that are in scenes that are in the movie, which is kind of weird. Um, but they're kind of grotesque things. There's like two really grotesque things that they kind of throw out of the movie. But in the long run, it doesn't take away from it. The, sto- the story gets out there. It's going to lead more people to read this great novel, which is that's where the story really is. If Angelina Jolie's thing, and to say it again, is a segue to reading the book, then that's okay. The movie itself just doesn't grasp enough of your emotion. It doesn't... It, it takes an approach in some ways where they make him look like a martyr, and if you've seen, or seen the movie, or just some kind of like more mythical figure where not where he's just a you know has a family and 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 that's what the story in the book grips on a lot but like but i but i'm bringing it to the rotten tomatoes things like you know i so i see that splatting i see the golden globes don't nominate it too and i really was trying not to lean that way because i'd already seen it and and getting swayed but this was a movie that it could have just been 52 percent on that meter rob and i would loved it and endorse it to the end because i love the book so much it, it, it kind of falls flat a little bit. Not a bad movie at all. Like, worth seeing, worth on a Sunday when your Steelers lose to the Ravens on a Saturday, watching Unbroken. But it's not one I would... It's not one that's... It's not great. It's not going to be... I don't think it's Oscar-nominated in anything except for maybe, like, cinematography and some of the visual effects. But Kim will the, never, ever watch a one that I've seen the, <laughs> the whole way home. I was like, well, in the book, because she's read it, and she doesn't even remember the book that much. And I was very wrong. I, I just can't be like that guy, because yeah. that happens all the time. I, I haven't watched it, and I've I've heard a lot of people who have read the book like say they're disappointed. And I enjoyed it a lot. My wife hasn't read the book. She real, she liked it a lot. The um Everything that was kind of – I can see where – uh, the story, you know, the story is just too immense for a movie. So you have to kind of, you know, make what of it you can. You have to kind of get the point of it that you get out of it, you know, to, to make. Yeah. And uh, I can see where a lot of things were. There was almost some things that were, as a viewer who hasn't read the book, you can kind of tell you're being left. At, it, it's kind of like an inside joke, you know, only it's not a joke. But there's kind of like something you're not being totally let into. Like the whole, his youth was kind of like a montage where it just showed him as this hoodlum running around. And the interaction right. with the officer that then you later see at his house, like on the front porch and stuff. And then his tie, his attraction to Japan and his hopes to go and compete there. A lot of things were yeah. kind of overlooked just because they, where they really wanted to spend their time. Well, and they could have had it, Rob. They, they literally, in the, in the, and it's a book in itself talking about his youth growing up like kind of being that little vandal you know kid that kind of you know stole from him. but they but his his journey to become like the olympic runner he was is a story in itself that's unbelievable but they, like they leave out it doesn't matter it's not even in the movie so it's not a spoiler unless like i'm not yeah we're not we don't have a lot of book reading that's a book spoiler club <laughs> in the book he goes to usc that's a huge part of his life, like sprinting at USC. Um, but he meets a guy from Japan that ends up being like basically that acted like he was a student. But then they found out he was like ten years older. He's basically a spy for Japan that visited him multiple times in the concentration camp. She left him completely out, and that is where well, I, it, I blew it, my it, lid. There was it was just a look. 
It was just a look. And uh, because they did have the Japanese runner, and they kind of make eye contact between him and the them, you know, before yeah. they know each other. And they didn't highlight any other right. runner. It was just him and the Japanese dude there. But as somebody who didn't read the book, watching yeah, it, I was. thought that they were insinuating that that was a young version of the bird. Yeah, no, you yeah, know? yeah, no, it, yeah. It, it, because not reading it, it did, I didn't understand why that would be highlighted like that. The I, I heard a lot of complaints about the the actor who portrayed the bird. Yes, uh, Takamasi. Yeah, Ishihara. The, well, because they have pictures in the novel. Of what the guy looks like, uh-huh. so they, so that he just looks like anything like the bird, and he just but, I, but like no, he'd be that yeah, guy. but yeah, I, no, I thought his acting was good. Though. I, I do thought, too. I, I do thought too. he did really good. Actually, he the, was the, the only recognizable actor from, and I couldn't tell you where he's from, but he's the only person I was like I've seen him in stuff before. Uh, there was like maybe a couple people that I had seen briefly, but nothing like. Well, there he was. was uh, interestingly enough, I don't know if that was the right way to go either. The no, uh, no. I didn't think the lead was. My, I didn't. I wasn't crazy about the. Lead. I mean, me too. I think, I think you have, have to get someone with it, some sort of name. But I haven't heard that from anybody. I haven't heard that from. Interestingly I, enough, I agree. I've met one of the actors in it, and I didn't even realize who. Garrett Hedlund. He played Fitzgerald. Uh, one of the guys in the la- the plane, the, I guess, or or was it the camp? It was in the camp. The camp. He's like the, he's one of the captains. But they didn't even do enough to highlight him. It was just nods, oh. and you know there was really no character introduction other than the bird and uh, it's a Lewis. perfect movie to watch. The Phil, girl and then you watch know, the completely book. broke off. You know, the only character they did kind of develop a little bit is Phil, who broke off, and then the other Mac Mac Attack. It's Finn Whitrock, who's actually an actor on American Horror Story, which is really big right yeah. now, which is actually on tonight, uh, plays Dandy. He is a good actor. He's a really good actor. The guy who's actually the Japanese pop star, Ta- Takamasi, I thought he... I no, thought no, 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 like in the, in the, in the book, because he's a child. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, then, and, and then the... You know, I I'm think spoiling that, stuff, everyone. I think I'm that done. visually, uh, I was very impressed. I thought that they did well to capture... What the time, you know, it looks the the people, but maybe that's almost a fault because I think that they cast a lot of the actors as people who look like the part as, a re- as opposed to really going out and trying to, as a, in adverse to what you were saying, it not looking like the bird, but I mean, like people who look like they fit the time period, okay? And uh, uh, maybe that didn't work well for the acting. Finn Whitrock, who played Mac, really good actor, but of course, not through the whole movie. Um, uh, he's not the biggest character in the movie. Uh, the there was just it seemed like that there were themes that weren't. Uh, I don't think that the the faith and maybe it's from oh, her. Per- it's amazing, like because the protagonist, the, the protagonist, like for the first part of the story, like they they gloss over. So like the plane that eventually goes down, everyone knows or whatever. That's the Joker, they, right? Yeah, they mentioned that. They mentioned the. Yeah, it was just brushed over. And again, they, they have the Colonel, to do that because to. the movie can only be so Because they can't. They, they would have to invest so much time, but they hated him. That would have been their bird of that time. But then the bird was like, you know, was, was, was way worse. I mean, 100 million times oh. worse. But they, he was their enemy at that time. And he kind of was like, yeah, just take that plane out. And they were like, yeah. no, like this thing sucks. But I think that whoever did the set design, the makeup, the costumes yeah. and stuff, did an awesome job with that. Some of the special effects, when you were in the bomber with them, I liken the tension that that was able to create to uh, one yeah. of the most tense movie moments that I've ever seen before in the movie theater was 
uh, Saving Private Ryan and the Storm in the Beaches of Normandy. Mm-hmm. There was some scenes in the bombers in the pl- with the planes in the sky where it captured that level of intensity. It, it was really, really good. Uh, so they had its good points. I think that I expected like faith and stuff to be much more of a prevalent theme in it. Well, they, it really yeah, ended up becoming yeah, you, in the movie. So, so the and then, again, you guys have but people, it's a popular story. So the la- the last part, the last chapter of the thing is uh, it's about him meeting Billy Graham and changing his life around. And when he's on his like raft and he says, if God, if you let me survive this, I'll do that is a poignant part of the entire book. Yeah. yeah. So they just that's what the, a lot of the controversy is, is, is how Angelina Jolie like did that. But then there's an interview with him like right before he passed away, like last. And yeah, he just it's he like the last he, seven months where he wanted away. the movie. He didn't want he wanted them to kind of just give a little randomness about that part of his life, the religious part, because he wanted everybody to see it. Because the once once they try to make it like a Christian movie, then he didn't didn't think he's going to big enough audience. Because I left the see that's what Kim. I was like I was like Kim. They glossed over the whole part. I was like I was like the Christian right and everybody have to be mad. And I went right on Google and right away they were like, oh, they missed the whole t- entire part. But then there's him with Angelina Jolie before he passes away talking about his reasoning why he didn't want it to be in the movie just so it would reach a bigger audience and then they could go read the book and then read about it too. Because it's just post-traumatic stress syndrome. He goes to the dumps, has to reach religion. It doesn't even come in the I heard his family was disappointed in it. They they did like the work that uh, Angelina Jolie did. Interesting fact, though, the Coen brothers wrote the Mm -hmm. screenplay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that surprises me. my, my thoughts were this is a slam dunk. You know, I can't wait to see American Sniper because I'm, I'm thinking it's that. I'm reading that book right now. I'm, oh, that's my next one. I want to. I don't know if I want to read it first. Um, but I think that's a slam. My intention is that that's going to be a slam dunk movie. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see it. Unbroken to me should have been. Angelina Jolie, maybe the uh, hacking of the Koreans, maybe pointing something out a little overrated uh, in directing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you make this movie not a just a, a, an Oscar-worthy performance. Um, and I can see the story being so big, you don't bring a lot of prominent actors on, Rob. But maybe they needed like one or two noticeable people that people could connect to a little bit. This, but the story just kind of just didn't connect and make it didn't make me. It should have made me cry a lot, and I will cry. I will cry. That's for sure. Entertainment. You want to tell one thing that made me cry? Stuart Scott passing away. Oh, we'll yeah. talk about that. That's the sports. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Well, another thing that nearly drove me to tears while we're talking about movies and entertainment, uh, I saw a couple more movies. Here with it, but Night at the Museum. I took my kids into Night oh, at the Museum. Yeah. And this is the third one, Secret of the Tomb. And uh, I really enjoyed it. The second one maybe wasn't the best. I really enjoyed this one. But having watched the first two, of course, uh, Robin Williams plays uh, Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy. And... Uh, he is, even though it's like so, it's 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 even though it's so Robin, Robin Williams, Williams, you see Teddy, you know, right? You all, it's always kind of like, oh, he's playing Teddy, you know, you see Teddy. Undoubtedly, because of the situation and the time, and it being like, you know, after his death, watching this, and in the context that he played Teddy Roosevelt in this particular movie. Uh, it w- it so took you out. Uh, I mean, it was like it's hard to watch movies. I was after struggling that. to after, yeah. I was struggling to hold tears back while my kid is like laughing and enjoying it. 
but I'm taking it in a totally different context where literally his character is like saying goodbye to everybody and stuff. It was yeah. very, uh, it was a good movie. It was a good movie. Really enjoyed that. Also saw um, the cool horror movie, The Babadook, was really cool. And, uh, and, uh, I've never heard of that. Where did it? It's uh, indie, but uh, right, if you look right. it up, it's cool. It's, it's actually, I think it's uh, made in the United Kingdom, and it's about this. Uh, it's it's a really cool psychological movie. Now I'd love to hear if anybody has seen it to call in and talk about it because it's one of those discussionary ones. But it's about this children's book <laughs> that this lady finds in her home, and the creature that's in it comes to life in, in, inside their home and is trying to basically take her child. And uh, but it's a very it's kind of a weird, twisty psychological type thing. Uh, sounds simple enough, but it's one of those that you can really kind of go back and forth on. Highly recommend people checking it out and getting back to me and uh, talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're toking it. Oh my God, did I say we're toking it? What the hell is going on here? Are we taking it to not necessarily sports now? I'll do that. Yes. Well, I had my sad segue. Uh, the Stuart Scott thing, one of, not the Stuart Scott thing, Stuart Scott passing away on Sunday morning. Uh, hit me more... It hit me harder than I thought it would. Uh, ESPN and their and the, and their and their bevy of sportscasters and stuff, especially in the nineties. Everybody and stuff, paying homage to him. Like I think you know, really, it, it made me see how it affected me so much because I used to watch it and just you know, as a sports fanatic, just watch everything those guys said. And uh, we're gonna talk about Stuart Scott, NFL playoffs, NCAA football playoffs. Very cool to say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington Capitals are hot, maybe the hottest team in hockey. Wizards, right? And the Washington Wizards are doing things. And guess what? I think the Washington Redskins have a story that is great to hear. And it's not one of those ones where it's a big splash and you're going to feel bad about it later. General manager in town for the long haul, perhaps. We'll talk about that and much more. Give us a call, 347-838-8764. We'll be back after this break.
family's in this land, my marriage is left, son. Life of the lies we've been hearing from our inception. It's up to us to start planning a new direction, moving forward. Never, 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 never. What do you love to find what they want us to learn? Also, the seeds of knowledge that we choose to burn. Give thanks for culture teaching us how to discern. Moving forward, never, never,
I'm shuffling. Welcome back to the session. I'm Mitch. You guys ready to get weird tonight or what? He's Rob. I'm looking to get weird. Noodle, kid. No doubt. Coming through. La Costa Nostra. Johnny Blaze. And then you've got Tim Pal. Gangsters, what's up, guys? Hey, we're going to go to the desert, but you know, for my. 
welcome back to the show. We're here on the session. We're live. <laughs> Got some headphone problems. Is it bleeding? Is it loud? It... Yeah, I'm looking at the thing. It shouldn't be bleeding. It shouldn't be doing any headphones. All right, we're back here. We're going to be talking a little sports. Let's try to figure out the technical difficulties back here on... Blog Talk Radio, getting everybody souped up. I can't hear anything either. All right. Yeah, Rob, yeah you got to get tickets to this show. We were talking about 930 Club earlier. All right, I'm back. Go on sale on uh, Friday the 9th. Is that Friday? Friday, anyway, the 9th. Today, I'm 930 Club, Tribal Seeds. So, Rob... Yeah, we got it back. I got it back. Do it. So how many artists? Sir, shorten that mic, please. Okay. How many artists from Jamaica were on the Reggae International Top 10 album list this year? That are actually from, from Jamaica. From Jamaica? Top hmm. 10 albums. Well, let me think. I know Sojo was one. But they're not, they're not from Jamaica. Jamaica. Right. I'm sorry. I'm just. How many? I'm yeah, afraid. artists from Jamaica. Hmm. Let me think. So it's just one. Yeah, it's Soja Nibba. Nibba H. I can't think of one that has an album out this year. So I would say mm-hmm. none. Uh, I like the none pick. The one pick one wins. No, two. Ziggy, Ziggy does have a. That's right. It is in the top. Yeah, that's that's in the top ten. The other one is Chronics. 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 Yeah, Chronics is good. Yeah, all the other ones are like your American. American. There's a various artist album that's in the top ten. So that's the only other one. There's three. three. And that's okay. That's okay. It it, it actually spreads. I mean, it it spreads a lot of music. Well, and the bigger industry is in the United States, so when that happens, it's making the more music more popular all around the world. Since we're talking about Travel Seeds, because they're one album this year also. That album is so good, too, and it so took a while for it to grow on me, because it was a little bit more industrial and DJed up than like some of the previous stuff. And they've been, they have some stuff where they sat like Bob Marley. Okay. I mean, they have some really good... Yeah. They can go really, really roots reggae, but, but this is um, a... This sound is so good. This new album. Uh, Revolution like, was number one. So Dad, number two. And Soja's only been out less time, like half the time that yeah. Revolution's been. A lot of good albums out. out uh, yeah, I forgot that Diggy Marl... I haven't listened much yeah, to it. Yeah, I haven't heard... It just sounds because it's... I think he's always good. He's always good. He's always good. Yeah, but no, no, I'm telling you, the Soja album, the Tribal Seeds album, uh, incredible. Do you have Ziggy's children's album for your kids? I have, I have Bob. No, there's one and Ziggy I have put out. Family time. Yeah, the, the family, family time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What is it for your kids? It's just good. It's music you don't have to worry about listening to around your kids. Uh, the yeah. thing about Soja and Tribal Seeds is. Having kids, you know, there's so much music that you, that's something you become so conscious to immediately when you have kids, or have kids that are become to that comprehending age. Like, music is one of the worst ones, or radio, because I'm a big, like, podcast listener, I'm a big, serious 
satellite radio listener, uh, music listener, whatever. And the you get the biggest like flinch when any time there's like subject matter or words that you can't like. Uh, you become so much yeah, more aware of it. Oh, I like, even imagine. with like terrestrial radio, we're listening to like Chad, Chad Dukes, and they would they would hate it if you were to bring it up to him. But he says "bitch" so much, uh, yeah. and, and I'm like, I don't need my kid saying "bitch" yeah. quite yet. Please, thank you. It's uh no, that's it's uh. That's uh, it's that's one of the biggest things, uh, indicators that you realize when you're, dude. It, it, it's the theme I, of my show is that you become old when you get, have kids. I'm Having a, kids I, makes you old. And you know what? It's it, it's really almost setting in. You know, you know, my wife is you know six months just over pregnant right now. We're having a daughter, and the real the, when it first started happening, it's. Life, of course, changes. Of course, and of course, for her, like you know, immensely. You know, just a chance to be able to go out and have you know a glass of wine or two, or just be able to eat bacon with nitrates and just crazy stuff that she has to give up. Like, can't imagine what these women have to go yeah. through. But you just start going through it, and at the beginning, it almost seems you can see the reality of it. Of course, I mean. In, in literature and pop culture and everything, you see, you know, baby kids and people having babies and stuff, but. Oh my god, I thought I could handle it more. It's crazy at the beginning how it's just kind of like a bunch lot for me as the guy. I'm still getting ready for it. I'm still trying to do what I can do. You know, as helpful as I can be, but right now it's so real and just awesome. Like it's just I'm getting ready just to have a it's like it's you cannot stock up and have enough food or anything in your house. I don't want to go through it. It's amazing. I don't want to say at first I, you think of it, and you know it's going to be for life. I mean, of course. Yeah. I mean, but it's just kind of like, okay, the pregnant is one thing. Like the books you read, the, it's the pregnancy part, and then you read, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, like a month before, you read that other book. But they have it like in two different segments. But it's not. It's one fluid motion that just continues to go through. You know what I mean? It's like ends, and then there begins, and you have there's a little break or something like. That. Not that I thought that. The emotion and stuff is static. It's just point right now. It's almost like I'm just. It's already there. Cause she's already here. Like it's just like I'm. I'm so ready. Like even just you know seeing the pictures and stuff. I'm amazed by it, and I can only imagine having my the mediums that I listen to, especially in in, you know, in radio and podcasting and stuff. Yeah, yeah, infiltrating into those little ears. Like I, I, under, I can, oh my god, oh my god yeah. I can I can only imagine. It, it, it's it's such a uh sub it's uh what's the word I'm looking for? It's like automatic, what's the word subliminal. It's like one of those like things osmosis. It's one of those things you don't even realize. You know, you're by yourself and you're listening to Howard Stern and whatever you don't even think of it, but then you're getting in your car with your kid and it's you know you're you're you're, it, you're not thinking about it and then one thing drops and you're like whoa 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 you know it's uh you you can uh in like it it it's in here's the thing too like uh my uh kid is my oldest kid is like uh he's he's kind of like rough and tumble boyish uh and into and this is the new big thing too, Chris. Like when I was a kid, you played guns. You know, you had guns, and you, you shot shoot guns. And they don't make them anymore. They, it might, they, unless it's like a Nerf gun or whatever. You know, you really have to like hunt for, like, uh, you know, whatever. So, you but here's the thing: if, if you shot your friend, from from personal like from from like personal experience and watching, 
if even if you don't like, I have a four year old, and like like I said, boy, he's totally into. Like he will, uh, if you don't give them toy guns, they will make something into a toy gun. They'll just pick up a stick and start yeah. shooting with it. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it like, in, but it's such a hot topic at school now that you, I have to be like, like, look, if I don't give him a cap gun or a Nerf gun, he's just going to pick up a his drumstick, and which is a whole new thing. Don't get, get your. Did kid, you do it? Did kid. you? That's what you got. My, my 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 niece got him a drum set <laughs> you said for, uh, for Christmas. You said that's what he wanted. And uh, he's a drum dude. He's a drummer, dude. He's uh, you, you either have to mold that into something where he's very good or throw it away, dude. You'll he, know very soon. He jams though. No, but like so. Any, so you can find true talent. If the, it's not uh, true talent, throw it away. You have to kind of Sorry, regulate. Like if <laughs> your kid goes to school nowadays and starts like acting like shooting a gun. But if you're making a finger with thumb up, they get in trouble for nowadays. You know? yeah. So you have yeah. to. It's a whole world. I have to tell them like, look, you cannot do this. At uh, you can't do this. You know, you can't do. You, we don't even have play guns. You know, you, you, I mean, if you see a stick perfectly shaped as a gun, he can't pick that up and say, "Boom, baby." You know, it, it, it's mm-hmm. such a tightrope walk. Yeah, it is. It, 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 so like a couple. You know where it started was with water guns. Remember with us? That's where it started. You were the king of bringing water guns. You know, Don't there lie. was, when my brother... Rob went, made potato when, guns. Like, when my bro- brother went to school, <laughs> like, they would go to... They would, like, go hunting before they went to school yeah. and drive to school with their guns in their car and, like, leave them on the gun yeah, rack. that's crazy. The, you know? Why it's crazy so crazy how time has changed. Mm-hmm. So, But, like, my kid, a couple months back, you remember, I took him to uh, wrestling, right? Well, you, you, know, you WWE. What? You made it up to him. Did you? Did he go to the Raw? Yeah, I took him to Raw. But I t- like a couple weeks back, I had taken him to. Uh, it, no, what I was saying is he he thinks it's all WrestleMania. He yeah. Like every single one. Yeah. Oh, I was at WrestleMania. And I'm like it's yeah, the, the WWE. That's what I'm saying. You made it up to him because you really took him to the real. One. No, I took him to SmackDown. <laughs> I took him to, like SmackDown a couple weeks ago. But this then on the 29th, like right after Christmas, right before New Year's, I took him to Raw. And didn't nearly have as good a, like we had like awesome tickets to SmackDown, like we could yell at the wrestlers and they would could not help but hear us at SmackDown. It's so funny, but my like, kid is so small that he can't see, even though we're like six, we're in like the fifth or sixth row. You know, he's so small he can't see what's going on. This time we're like in not great seats, but he loves them because he sees everything that's going on. It's like totally in, into it, but then that's the thing. Like now, my kid wants to wrestle all the time, and I have, you can, you're like, dude, you cannot go to school and lay a smackdown. You know, you cannot. You know, you can't. Uh, you know what I also love? I, I love, and for the demographic of the show, and especially with what we're going for, you got to have someone that likes wrestling. We used to have a former entertainment expert that liked wrestling, and now you do. And it makes our show better. So when people I'm start flooding in, see, calls, here's my yeah. thing. Here's my thing. I love it though. I when I was, I won't a, kid, play old when I was audio. a kid, I, I like wrestling, yes. and it was like many childhood, you know, uh, things. Eventually became ruined for me. You know, my, I can remember like my dad heckling like Santa Claus, but me. You know this is fake. This is you know this is fake. You know, and eventually every, you come every to thick, the whole time you grew up, every from third grade yeah. on. But I really got into. Uh, I really got into MMA. I'm a big fan of MMA. Uh, my kid is not. My kid will watch MMA, 
but he's not necessarily as impressed with the technicality oh. and artistry of even though he's taking like karate and stuff of mixed martial arts yet, but he loves the pageantry <laughs> yeah. that yeah. is WWE. No, all the talk. He loves all of the talk. And, and I swear, it's almost like he is from another life. You know, he's like had a previous life or something where he was like a 19, like 80s redneck from Florida Dude. because he already knows all the chants. You know, he walks into the arena going, USA. He starts chants, okay? And he's four years old. And anything that. that's like, and, and, and he, kids have the propensity to be able to pick up on, because if you watch wrestling, it is so loosely written, you know, it's just like, it's fantastically a, written. You don't know is. if I'm a child molester or a moonshiner, you know, but I'm a wrestler. And you know? it is exactly of the same of women's soap operas. And, it's and there's a lot of women in it now. Rob is going to develop his kid into a WWE wrestler. Hey, I will watch. He okay. already thinks that he is, dude. He's got to start his He like, actually his thinks going. that. Like, what's his name going to be? you got to have it. Dude, he's, he's, I don't know. Get his character dude. started. Start writing script for him. It is sweet, though. It is sweet. But it's that's what he does. He wrestles man. at home now. He's a, and I have to tell him you can't take I'm, that to school. I just, I mean, I like that we have a perspective, though. And it's fine. And it's acceptable. And I'm going to have to do things. I don't know what I'm going to do with my daughter. That was my biggest concern. When like, not Daddy's little girl and all that stuff. Oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, I have the edge. Yeah. But like, relatability when it comes to kind of like doing stuff outside of the house. And what do I do? Do I learn how? Golf. Like, Get her into golf. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe things I'm interested in. But, you know, yeah. and of course, like soccer, maybe. You know, I don't know. Softball. Yeah. She'll figure out what she wants to do. Of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All like right. I had my right. daughter and everything, and now she's she got into competitive cheer, so that's what she wants to do. Hey, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be in anything. Excited. I'm excited. Not necessarily sports. That's why they call it that. Sports. Noodle, you gave one news story. Um, if you want to hear more... Mm-hmm. Good on his website. I wish you did have a website. I wish I could actually say that. Noodles News and Notes. Uh, Give us a call, 347-838-8764. Lots going on in the the sports world since we've been gone. Um, NFL playoffs in the wild card weekend, first and foremost. You know, that was what – well, no, not during the – I mean, actually, I mean, to put a timetable on it, probably the college playoffs – to the NFL Wild Card Weekend, that was kind of the hype up leading to what I thought was going to be like my most like favorite sports week uh, of my life, um, barring whether or not the Steelers won or lost, which we knew what happened. Uh, that Sunday, Stuart Scott passed away, and I treat people close to me and personal friends and family. Of course, you have a way you're going to grieve. You don't know. Easy to me. I know how I'm going to grieve there. You know? um, because I'm just going to go, you know, I'm going to pull, I'm not, or I'm not going to be ashamed of any way that I grieve. It's what I'm trying to say. It's like if I cry or what I do. Or, but like when it comes to people I've never met and I've just seen over on t- television, I never know how I'm going to react. And there's been like two people that have actually like kind of just made me actually like swell up. And it yeah. was um, Stuart Scott, and then it was, uh, and then it was um, the, the 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 guy who hosted the, ch- the Channel Four sh- 
show, like um, George Michael. No, Big Tom. No, not George. Uh, not George Michael. Uh, I'll think of his name. But there's only like been two people in, in history that have ever made me like swell up. Like I've known them through my whole life. And the cancer thing has kind of hit home because a lot of our close friends and family have been affected. Stuart Scott has been open on Twitter yeah. for the last few years and going through his like his uh, uh, you know trials and tribulations of what he's had to go through, especially as it reoccurred again. So he's been very open about it. Um, and then with the ESPY awards over the summer, and then he passes away on Sunday. That hit me like a ton of bricks, Rob, because. Sports Center and, and when ESPN two came on, we were still in high school. I remember when that was kind of open with Oberman and him. Like he, like yeah. he seemed like someone that you knew, and one that kind of transcended. Like I got like just even like Doug Warden. The thing when he always talked about Wu Tang on steroids, Doug was so into it. Like it was just insane how he kind of transcended a, 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 a sports generation to like a new world. And yeah. it, it, it hit me. It hurt. Do mm-hmm. Scott to you, Rob? Maybe. Yeah, no, it was definitely uh, sad to hear his passing, and really just to see how it, uh, you know, like you were saying, a lot of sports going on, uh, hot time for all the NFL countdown shows and uh, college football. You know, watching a lot of watching a lot of ESPN hey. and. He in the you know it, it, so there's you know basketball is in going on, uh, NFL uh, playoffs are starting, the uh, college football bowls are going on, so everybody's kind of out and about and doing their thing, and he in and he passes away and uh, yeah. you you what you watched you know because you're watching so much sports and so much center and what and all these shows, and you catch everybody kind of getting choked up by it. you know it was. It was it was one of those things that if you're a sports fan you couldn't uh, help but face it. That's a reaction, and and not even to put it into like a it, whatever the subject matter is, but let's just like Saturday Live when when the when the person laughs and you just start laughing anyway. When someone starts grieving and crying, and it's a subject, I mean, yeah. it, I mean the natural reaction is when it's one that kind of touches your heart. That's the worst. Like Rich Eisen. Well, that one really got work. me, and yeah. it, it bothered me. Yeah, and they me didn't too. mean anything by it, but uh, Michael Irvin and Deion Sanders stepped all over him the whole time when he was trying to get out what he wanted to say, and uh, that bothered me so bad. I just wanted to, and I have a lot of. I actually yeah, really enjoyed too. Deion Sanders as uh, an announcer. You know, as flagrant as he is as a player and stuff, I think he's has some suave and a character about him. Yeah, uh, and I think he's a respectful type of person. Uh, I don't know if I'd say exactly as much about Michael Irvin, but I just felt that <laughs> in this uncomfortable moment, and they and, they, and nobody knows how to react or what to say, or maybe not didn't even know what direction yeah. he was going in. But I thought it was so disrespectful that they stepped all over him uh, when he was saying what he was. Yeah, because I mean it's one thing, like in our situation, because it's even hard for to talk about it right now. Like I don't know the way. Like I have my notepad on how I wanted to talk about him a little bit, but how you bring it up, like I said, because it. Could you imagine yeah. being in a situation where you know the guy? And I watched this, Rich. I, I know what you're saying too, Rob. It's like he's going through this heartfelt, just emotional thing because he's like 12 minutes before he went on air. Well, he, he had just prepared heard about something. Absolutely, you know? he had. And I think that they didn't catch on. Right. The sentiment, quite. You know, they just thought he was saying something in passing, and I'm going to pick it up right here now and say, you know, and they right. did. They just stepped on him, and they didn't. And he brushed it off in a 
in a determined way where he wanted to proceed and finish what he was doing, whereas well, normally yeah. he might would kind of respond. It just kind of highlighted an awkwardness. Well, no, and the and the and the and the, and the bite or the tip or whatever that became, not tip, but whatever that has become like really like the most hit on and, the, and the, like the biggest views is the one right after they stopped talking when you know when he talked you know when he just talked about the end of his speech so it was emotional then he after the games he did a whole highlight segment where he used you know the booyahs and the cooler than the other side of the pillow yeah I mean you're professional uh, it's cool how much of a tribute he got on such a big sports weekend and, and it absolutely was that's what the sports week absolutely got its start I mean with with the college playoff and the college say what you will it was pretty yeah. much just like the BCS season ex- except I mean we had controversy everyone's like everyone's fighting good. over extent of one or two who's you know going to get into three or four we had a cool weekend set up with with the playoff football and the NFL and the playoff football in NCAA and it got started off with the college playoffs and it, the first game was Oregon and Florida State and Oregon just boat completely boat raced and dominated yeah. Rob what I'm more upset with which I thought that was going to uh-huh. happen yeah. I wish I would have gambled on it I didn't I was scared because some reason I think Florida State can always just come back and at least cover the spread. Um, Oregon's uniforms, Rob, were dull. Mm-hmm. Did they come, Rob, do they come back with just straight mirrors on, like mirrors? You can't even see them; it just reflects. That's what I think is happening. They'll do something. They'll have something different. They're going straight white, yeah. All right, so my my Christmas break consisted of afterwards going to Pittsburgh for. Uh, you know, New Year's Eve. And we watched the Alabama Ohio State game there and all my mom all my you know, where we stay and my dad's side of the family, you know, it's like, you know, terrible and they're all it's die hard, you know, Crimson Tide, Alabama fans. And playing Ohio State, the Big Ten, they everybody hates them because they all hate Penn State because they're all Pitt fans. It's a correlation that doesn't make any not sense, but it's yeah. just something that's very clear in that house. That was a bad weekend for them. <laughs> it, was just a bad, it was a bad night. Everything sucked. Pitt became Pitt. Pitt had the war. So the so the one, the biggest comeback was in the it was in the game. Uh, 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 Baylor, you know, blew that biggest lead ever, and then Pitt gave up the biggest lead of all time against Houston with two thirty eight left, down by twenty one. They lost the game because Houston went for two at the end. So Alabama loses, and it wasn't pretty. You know, had some chances at the end. Very bad. Everyone, Rob, everybody. Like, that in itself sets up a pretty cool championship, uh, though. You know, so no matter what we say, under Urban Meyer, Ohio State has been tremendous the last few years. And uh, under sanctions, their first year, they went undefeated twice this year. One loss into the college playoff. Under a lot of um, controversy, you know, people thought TCU or Baylor definitely should have been in or were worthy of it. But one thing, they play defense. So they take out the number one team in Alabama. They're going to play Baylor, Marcus Mariota, Heisman winner. It's going to be a good national title game. I'm excited about it. I love having a college playoff. It, 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 it seems a little bit more legitimate, size, right, Rob? Like, do you feel like it's more legitimate? 
I, you know, I definitely, uh, I definitely am in favor of it. I think it just gives more uh, legitimacy or more. Uh, it's more of a finishing to the to the season. Like it, uh, uh, and I think that it had. I think it worked out. I think it was a good example this year, even with the grapes uh, with TCU. You know, I think that uh, Ohio State. Uh, you know, pulled it off to make it look like I think it worked, dude. I think it really worked. I think a lot of people really were thinking like there was probably a facet who of people who really thought that the Florida State Oregon game was, you know, what in their mind was like the two big teams. And then there's a lot of people who are big Alabama fans who think that they're, you know, in just the way that it comes together is I like it. I like it. I think it worked well. Here's here's my prediction. I like and I could almost be in favor of always keeping it with the four just because when you get to the out fringes of it it just becomes kind of like it becomes comical. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. I think that it's perfect. Well, because teams 9 through 15 can be very similar. You're kind of just ranking them on on different approaches. But here's my prediction. And while I would like to see it minimized 4 to 8 8 at most. People are going to be like, wow, imagine if we expand. Like the, reg- so the regular seasons are going to be good for everybody. Because that was, their, that was their reasoning behind not doing it was because you're going to take away the regular season. Well, guess what? The regular season is going to be awesome if you think you can be six, the 16, one of the 16 teams that are in the playoffs. It's going to just expand. And it will. Not to 68 or 4 or whatever the hell the NCAA tournament is in basketball. But it's going to expand. It'll get out to it'll get out to sixteen someday, uh, maybe by the time yeah. our kids are older. But it's going to because it does not take away the regular season because it's just more fun. It just brings more people into the regular season. May it, but to the but of course the converse argument is the big teams are going to be mad at that. So that works. NFL playoffs were the thing that made this one of the great sports weekends as well. And that wild card weekend um, took off. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, some good matchups. I mean, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, uh, selfishly, so I don't even want to talk about it, was probably the more more key matchup of the weekend and perhaps the names. But the one that got it started was the Carolina-Arizona game. Yeah. And Arizona, you just feel bad for. Right? You know, they have to come out with – you know, their fourth string quarterback is it Ryan Lindley, is that his name? Yeah, if they would have had a quarterback they might have actually had a chance this season, you know. I I I'm I'm Carson a little, stays upright and, like like Rob, what is like Carolina seems to me to have some legitimate shot at making a little run. They're not gonna win a Super Bowl. If they could be Seattle, if they it's like uh it's all about like Everybody talks about like uh, you know being the best team or who's the best team, but it really comes down to who is the best at the right time. And that's when you see teams like Baltimore come on live. I mean, when they hit the playoffs, you know they're wafering. You don't really know what they're doing. They're not necessarily living up their potential during the season, but they win the games they have to. And when it gets to the end of the season, they turn it on. And when they get into the playoffs, they're able to kick it up into the next level of overdrive. And but like not not having not having seen like. Knowing exactly where, because uh, the Cardinals were a depleted, deflated team. They were a floundering team who played good in the beginning of the season, whereas Carolina turned it on in the second half of the season. Now, they were a team who were stricken with uh, losing their franchise players on defense, their anchors on defense, that were really able to catapult them uh, into the defense that they were. It took them a lot, half, half of the season to, to learn how to get the back. defense back together. 
And it also took them that long to learn how that they are a rushing Running. team. They're yeah, a rushing exactly. team, and that's their bread and butter. And to get healthy again, they, they got uh, Tolbert back. They had D'Angelo Williams. Uh, now, I mean, they have they have plenty of John rushers. Stewart, yeah. John Stewart, even Cam Newton himself. They have plenty of horses in the stable. They are. They are. They are the. They are strong. They are strong. The problem is, I think that they. It, it, the problem is, there's it's twofold. A number one is they're going into one of the hardest, hardest stadiums to play in on a, on a on a road game. They're going as far as they can possibly go. They're traveling as far away as they possibly can. It's the furthest road game they could possibly have in a hard place to play. Man up. And they're yeah. losing. They're playing another team that is. Their bread and butter is the run. It's the rush. It's being able to run it up the middle. But they've Carolina has lost their underrated star player that was left on defense. Their defensive tackle, their anchor star Latulili, will not play in this game, and that's going to play big dividends for a team that was really the hottest team in the NFC, in my opinion. Yeah, that'll hurt their rushing. Yeah, that'll hurt their ability to stop the rush. Yeah, and I mean that's what when all else fails with. with Seattle, that's what they always have. Russell Williams can run it right up the middle. Marshawn Lynch can, you know, can break a sixty-yard run runoff. They, they, they that's going to be. He's a big anchor on that line, and he does a lot for Luke Keekley behind him to be able to move yeah, around and make all those tackles. He's, he's Dude, people don't realize how big star Lutalili yeah, is. The difference so in that game. They're, they went from having a possible chance being so hot, they will not win this game. They will not be able to compete in this Dude, game. Dude, he's a top five linebacker, and if not, like on his way, he's number he's one. The best Luke Kinkley is the number one middle linebacker, inside yeah. linebacker. Right. right now, yeah. I mean, like, he's proven himself year, year in and year out now. Like, he's just He'll look better. a lot different without Star Luke, oh, yeah. who takes a double team. On yeah. the line. No. I mean, he's not going to be able. The center's going to be able to go out and get on him. It's going to be different. Seattle's going to be able to run the ball. They're going to have 200 plus rushing yards in this game. They're going to win running away with the ball. And then they probably the, just I mean, spy him on Marshawn's. I mean, I'm, and, and then if, if you stay on the NFC, man, like yeah, Green Bay and Dallas. That's a that's first, a mega first matchup. That's a mega playoff ball. matchup. But no, right the there. best that's team on not. the road. Going into it's like the hardest place ever. to go and win on the road. Well, right? they're both. They've never happened ever. They're both. They're, so Green Bay is eight zero at home, and Dallas is eight zero on the road. It's the first time in history that's ever happened. Yeah. In, in football, the, the Dallas Cowboys, and that's probably the biggest controversy over you know, the last couple of weeks while we've on this, or, or since last weekend, is Dallas's win in the playoffs. Oh yeah, I had many controversies. Yeah, like, there's been like there's been many controversies. Have you ever seen the NFL like apologize so many times, Rob? Like for for One calls. Game. And I'm, but I'm telling you, no calls, missed calls, ticked up calls. The the <laughs> I had some bad calls. The really the, the infamous call is an absolute pass interference, and it was the flag was thrown. I just can't see how anyone can. There was just over. a bunch of horrible calls in that game, like. The ones at the end that were got publicized or like talked about, but there was just the whole game. I thought was officiated horribly. If you're doing the storyline in like a newspaper, I don't think the story is the the is the calls. I mean, I, yeah. I just don't know. Does it like? It's like the refs just, got behind on calls and they just kept trying to make the, it up. The story's the rest not of the, the calls. Game. It's like, do you think there's a grand? Like the story is really. Is do, do you, does anybody really think there's a grand conspiracy? Yeah, we're Dallas to put the Cowboys to 
in the playoffs because that was kind of like the whole mantra of what or what everyone. I don't was think there is a grand conspiracy where there was a planned out like uh, blueprint of action or look, listen, this is how we're going to do it. But I do wonder if there isn't some, you know, back-minded, like un, you know, unreally like frequented, like like sensitive that 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 it. I think that there are some people in the NFL who think it would be good for the NFL for Dallas to make it back to the Super Bowl. I don't think that they really orchestrated it in a way that they went out to make sure that the Lions lost. But in a game that is so much about momentum, they couldn't take more momentum away from a team. So, like, I would love to get into this Dallas thing, and I don't... I don't agree with it in any way because it's just yeah. because they've had been in all these close games and you know been eight and eight and they could have gone nine and seven and won divisions. So. But I do think I don't even know if I do think is the right way to put it. If I go to my the Pearly Games and we're going through my you know my life and everyone's just like oh you love sports. Well, do you want to know you know if sports is fixed or not? I'm like ah. No. ah. They told me it was fixed. It would be wrestling. It, would, it, it would, would be completely ruined for me. Well, no. If they told me it would, it would be, be fixed, dancing, it would be as good as Dancing with the Stars. If it told me, I'm, what I'm saying, if yeah. it told me, if it, if it told me it would be fixed, I would think it'd be fixed in a manner in which it would be the referees that did it, in a manner that like they did it for the reason to keep games close and competitive, not favoring one side or the other. Always getting the reaction of that in the meantime from one side or the other, but always saying which ones. So this game they kept close by turn like by that happening. You know Dallas still had to go down the field and do what they did and win the game, holding whatever. I mean, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If the pearly gates, they say. But I'm saying if there's a fix ever, I don't think it's like yeah. people throwing the game. It's just the refs doing it, and the NBA with you know with with with, 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 with McConley, whatever that dude's name is, for the, mm. for the uh, Sacramento Kings and all that stuff against the Lakers. We've seen fixing before, but I don't think it was a bias towards Dallas. More as a bias. It was more like the game referees that are. If there was any kind of mantra they had, they just like, oh, keep this game close. It's good for ratings, like that thing, yeah. money. That's what I think it would be. There's definitely more referees that are Dallas fans than Detroit fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're going get, to get get to it. I mean, so the NBA, and the, well, the AFC, you have Baltimore. Yeah. New England. New England. And New England does not New England. number they have. Yeah. I mean, they've had it for years. In a world where uh, rock beats scissors time and time again, Baltimore might be paper. Yeah, they really could. They okay. really could because I mean that throws a ring. If the Steelers won, they go to Denver, and New England does not get to face anybody that they even or even worry about anyway. Baltimore's going to face them, but and then you have the Colts matchup against Denver Broncos. So, which is crazy because it's Jim Irsay only comes out anymore when. Uh, the Colts are about to play Peyton Manning, so he can make some backhanded compliment to uh, his latest one was this today. Uh, I'm glad that Peyton Manning could go somewhere where they could put the uh, the uh, weapons around him that he needs to be successful. Like it, like he couldn't be like I mean, well, you didn't do that with him when he, the entire time he was a Colt. 
You just but, kept yeah. getting rid of players. Like. Well, that's insane. And it, and despite what he's done, I mean, there may be something to his arm strength uh, weakening a little bit, but they're still he's a team still, that's just... He's just smarter than... It's not about your strength with him. All right, let's get to it. Do yeah. a break. Total Beatdown is coming up next. I wish you could bring on John. We talk to John all the time. We're going to bring on this. You know what we're going to do? John's text about, like, fights and stuff. We'll bring on his analysis. Uh, big weekend with John Jones and Cormier. And then John Jones news all over the place, nationally, last yesterday, last night. We'll be back. Session next.
Brown all over this ocean, far as my eyes can see. Oh, let it rain, let it rain, let it fall so high. Oh, my love is in the sea, one is in the sea. Every day I'm shuffling. 
Welcome back to the session. I'm Mitch. You guys ready to get weird tonight or what? He's Rob. I'm looking to get weird. Noodles, kid. No doubt. Coming through. La Costa Nostra. Johnny Blaze. And then you've got Tim Pal. Gangsters, what's up, guys? We're live And UFC Mixed Martial Arts Been all over the news Especially with the John Jones news And we'll get into that in a little bit But uh, UFC 182 Was last weekend A good card And a good final card for uh, Final fight with Jones and Cormier Going the distance Rob uh, But a lot's been going on Even before that in our, Since our last show with Mixed Martial Arts 
So yeah, USA of oh, the UFC 182 on uh, January 3rd. Uh, a lot of people were looking forward to this live from MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, some big names fighting on this card. You had an uh, undefeated heavyweight, uh, Jared uh, Cannoner, against Sean Jordan. Sean Jordan was an uh, impressive first-round uh, knockout. Uh, two minutes and 57 seconds in the first round. Evan Dunham fighting on this undercard. Evan Dunham was a big name in the UFC. He was fighting on the uh, the uh, undercard, which was televised uh, on Fox Sports. Uh, defeated Rodrigo Dan by unanimous decision. Just some of the bigger fighters here. Hector Lombard, somebody we've talked a lot about, came in the UFC at 185. Uh, I had originally said in the Anderson Silva heyday that one, one of the only people I could really see, to, like, like who I thought maybe had a chance at, at, at 185 was Hector Lombard who was fighting uh, in Bellator at the time uh, had a long undefeated stretch he came to the UFC had a little bit of a stumble coming in the UFC uh, lost his first fight and uh, he's now cut to 170 and this guy is bad uh, he's bad meaning good uh, at 170 pounds he's incredible uh, he fought the people's warrior Josh Berkman who was uh uh, he had been a fighter in the UFC before. He's on one of the original Ultimate Fighters, uh, making his return to the UFC after fighting in the World Series of Fighting. Hector Lombard uh, defeats him by unanimous decision uh, after three rounds of five minutes. Uh, comes away with the victory, but a lot of people, including Dana White, were not impressed with uh, his performance. Thought that it was kind of a, a cream puff fight for him that he really should have put away. Um, Brad Tavares uh, taking on Nate Marquardt. Nate Marquardt, of course, a longtime competitor, uh, longtime in the UFC at 185 pounds, uh, had cut and was competing at 170 pounds, found his way out of the UFC for a while. He's back fighting. This fight against Brad Tavares was a highly touted one. Uh, These guys are two big brawlers um, at 185 pounds. Nate Marquardt back at 185 pounds. Brad Tavares comes away with an unanimous decision victory. Uh, this was before the co-main event. Brad Zavaris looks like somebody to be reckoned with, too. He's on a great fight win streak, the fighter out of uh, uh, Hawaii. Uh, 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 Kauai, Hawaii. Uh, he gets back on track with a win over Nate Marquardt. But uh, the dude is powerful. He's a banger. He can really fight. Uh, that was the, before the co-main event. Donald Cowboy Cerrone taking on Miles Journey. Miles Jury, previously undefeated at 12-0, coming into this fight. Donald Cowboy Cerrone took some uh, uh, took some took some guff from the the attitude that he saw the young fighter Miles Jury putting on. Decided that he was going to teach him a lesson, and he did so in three uh, unanimous rounds of victory by Cowboy Cerrone. He ended the fight just basically kicking his ass. Miles Jury down on the ground, and you've never seen somebody lay into somebody as hard with uh, just straight kicks. Uh, just incredible. Uh, teaching Miles Jury a lesson. And Donald Cerrone going to come back on short notice to take on Benson Henderson. Uh, yeah, I just read that too. In Boston. Wow. Uh, it's really going to be like short turnaround, like I think a month's camp or something. And that fight in particular, Rob, do you get a, you get a kind of a joint when undefeated people get into a real fight? I mean, he's been in some real fights before that, but when they lose it and get their first loss, it's just bound to happen. It happened in a fashion. Well, sport. it was it's a guy, Miles like uh, Jury, a good fighter, uh, kind of moving up uh, quickly in the uh, fight world. And um, it, 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 he was kind of he, uh, out kicking his coverage, let's say. Okay. He was, uh, he, he, he hadn't really had 
he really hadn't been smacked around enough yet. And it, it might be good for him in his career, something to grow on. But, I mean, Cowboys Rooney is a, a big name in the sport now. Of course, we saw him when we were in Baltimore. Uh, he's just a big name in the UFC now. The guy's incredible. Yeah, he's been around, yeah. So he's going to be uh, fighting uh, uh, January 18th. So super short, like, two-week turnaround for Cowboys Rooney. He's going to be fighting Benson Henderson. Uh uh, in Boston, Massachusetts, on July 18th. Uh, after this, uh, Cowboy is on a seven. I'm sorry, a six fight win streak. He's looking to continue that streak to seven. Taking on Benson Henderson. This will actually be the third time the two have fought. Benson Henderson uh, winning the previous two fights, but uh, this is obviously a different Cowboy Cerrone, and he is he's, he's he's really at the peak of his career and in the best shape of his life and. And, and he's chiseled, you know, coming off of this fight uh, two weeks around. He's ready to go. He didn't really take any damage in this fight. And uh, Benson Henderson coming off a loss uh, by knockout to Rafael Dos Anjos. This is going to be a great fight. Yeah. Okay, our main event, of course, the yeah, fight everybody was looking go. forward to, uh, John Bones Jones, uh, who's truly undefeated at 20-1. and one. That only lost to a disqualification to Matt Hamill. Uh, in the UFC, uh, taking on Daniel Cormier, who was undefeated at 15 and 0, uh, and John Jones wins by unanimous decision, uh, going all five rounds. Uh, these are two incredible fighters. Uh, I, I think that John Jones is just in a different class right now, and it's going to be hard for anybody, you know, perceivably to really match up against him. Daniel Cormier was somebody who was thought could easily compete for a title at heavyweight. He was a heavyweight, cutting down the light. Uh, heavyweight, uh, uh, because basically his best friend and training partner, Cain Velasquez, is the current champ at heavyweight. Uh, but, he, you know, they weren't able to finish each other. Danny Cormier was just the biggest test of his life uh, in John Jones. And then it comes out that, uh, you know, after the fight, find out that uh, John Jones tested dirty for cocaine metabolites. Uh, and this was a, w- a month, basically, prior to this fight uh, in December uh, and the UFC knew about it, and they didn't know anything about it, and let the fight go on. And uh, John Jones still your UFC uh, light heavyweight champion, record of uh, 21-1 and one now. Uh, Daniel Cormier gets his first loss in his career, has a, now has a record of 15-1. Uh, but it's, it's it, it, you know, where do you go from here? Uh, of course, Alexander Gustafson uh, is a higher-ranked fighter who, who was upset that he got leaped over by Daniel Cormier, but that was a better-selling fight at this time. We're going to now we're going to see the fight between Alexander Gustafson and uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson, and whoever wins that fight is going to be the number one contender for the light heavyweight belt. And John Jones, that'll be the first fight that we're going to see in line uh, coming out of this one. The fights to make, but Cain uh, Velasquez, the heavyweight champion, who is like I said, best friends with Danny Cormier and training partner, has taken a lot of. Uh, uh, contention with John Jones and his attitude, and, and 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 it looks like there could be a possible super fight in the future between John Jones and Cain Velasquez. And uh, at this point, uh, UFC needs to try to make after so much discussion, they need to try to come away with a super fight of some sorts in the near future. And yeah. that that looks like all signs might be pointing to to that in 2015. And I know we have to wrap up soon. Do you think that's some of the sentiment behind? Kind of like Dana White accepting this, like I mean, literally coming out on their website saying, you know the, you know the the, meta- the metabolites or whatever the cocaine, whatever the part in the cocaine he, he tested positive for, isn't exactly banned um, because it was outside of uh, its recreational use, basically. Yeah. Um, but you have you want to he he John Jones is one of their biggest assets, not the biggest necessarily, but maybe the biggest. 
and you can skew whatever you want to. You know, like I, you know, he has to be favoring in that way. Like you, you're you're going to side on and try to get away with anything you can on there. And I think if people sense hypocrisy, it's not going to affect the ratings at this point. Dana White kind of like goes back and forth as as he pleases. But does that ever get old, Rob? Like like with Dana White's like stances on stuff because it seems that so he was so staunch in this beliefs at the beginning. Now he seems to be able to do whatever he can to keep this empire kind of rolling. Well, UFC and Dana White are somebody who definitely play favorites as well as redheaded stepchild. So it really depends on which side you line up on. Uh, and sometimes it looks like they're willing to shoot themselves in their own foot over uh, stuff too. They're just sticklers to the guns and who they like and who they don't like. It yeah. just so happens that John Jones fall, falls into who they who they like at this point. I mean, they could do any. Uh, they're paying him a five hundred thousand dollar fight purse before the gate. They're paying him gate on the. I mean, they're paying him more than the rest of the card altogether. There were two fighters on this card who I think made $8,000. Two fighters that are on this pay-per-view card that made $8,000. I mean, if you think about it... John Jones' purse was $500,000 before his pay-per-view came. And that's nothing. The guy should be making a lot more than that because UFC in general is making a lot more than that. He's got a personal deal with Reebok now. Yeah, I mean, I know they're making a lot of money, but... The purses that the UFC gives out, too. I mean, we know what they give out. I mean, in boxing, it's not as lucrative, but these guys can make a ton of money and, and get more than a $500,000 thing if you're the best thing in your sport. It's interesting. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting to see how it all, all breaks down. And also, with the Nevada Commission, which is so stringent in some aspects but in, in, in others have re- weird rules and yeah, because it was outside of the weeks where he was either training and about to compete it's considered not against the rules well, no it was definitely within his training camp it's that it does not fall on the ban list even though it is a direct indicator of cocaine use what he tested yeah. dirty for is not on the ban list. No, no, and, and that and Nevada, and, and also when at the time frame when he did it, also puts him in in a, in a way where also they have the outside thing where it was. It's not called recreational recreational time, but it's something in that in, in that aspect. And they said if it was if it was between the week before he yeah. competed when the drug test because it has an eight day span, it would definitely be something they could consider more and it could have been thought about. But at the, at that stage being what you said it was that whatever that but it started with an M, whatever that substance metabolite. Was, yeah, they, whatever metabolite was. You wouldn't have in your body for any other reason than if you were using uh and cocaine. The, and which should frame. leave your system within like forty eight to seventy two hours. So this is somebody who's like being boneheaded enough to do something like that. Uh, a month before his fight and two weeks before his camp would break. Uh, I mean, it's. I mean, and another thing too. This is a guy who people are anticipating is going to have a hard time making weight as he gets a little bit older. He's still under the age of thirty. Uh, he's still like twenty-five years, twenty-five years old. Uh, he, he made he, He's going to have a hard time. Uh, <laughs> exactly. And, and to tell you the truth, he has kind of. Even if you go back to the Chael Sonnen fight and his last couple fights. He's looked a little bit puffy. He's made weight, but he's looked a little bit puffy. Not in any means out of shape, okay? Not in any means out of shape, but a little puffy around the the head a little bit. Like, just a little bit puffy. He looks so incredibly cut, like more so than he has probably in his last three fights. Yeah. And, and come to find out, it's because he was so cut up. Like, but, here, but you know what, what sucks about it? And I know we're going to end right now. But it sucks that... We talked about the Tyson comparison where you get to a point yeah. and you've got this hard edge where you've been trying to maintain a different different style even though you're, you know, other people are forcing upon you to be nice. 
It seems like he's going. I mean, of course he's going down that path. Nobody got any stories about Tyson doing cocaine until like after the fact he bit people's ears off. Like, you know, like our raped women. Then you just like suspected it. But like this guy already got. We found out he does that. Like, man, you just hope he doesn't go down a slippery slope. We hope the best for him because I like. I mean, I love like at least watching him compete and being great. We love watching greatness, whether or not it's a. Bad so lots of person. MMA, lots of UFC this month. January 18th, we were talking about it earlier, UFC Fight Night uh, from Boston uh, uh, Gardens in Massachusetts. You got Donald Cerrone making a short turnaround, two-week turnaround to take on Benson Henderson for the third time, maybe third time's a charm. Uh, Uriah Hall fighting Lewis Taylor on this card. Uh, Conor McGregor, who's one of the hottest fighters in 2014, looks to continue that streak in 2015. He's going to be taking on Dennis Cyber. This is a really big fight. Also, in the month of January, we got a... Uh, totally lost my place. Uh, we have uh, UFC on uh, January 24th. We have UFC on Fox 14 uh, featuring... A fight between Alexander Gustafson and uh, and Anthony Rumble Johnson, and the winner of that fight will be the number one contender to that light heavyweight belt. And then closing out the month of January, January 31st, UFC 183, with a main event. Anderson Silva makes his return to fight Nick Diaz. UFC 183. There's tons of uh, great uh, fights. Uh, what's, this what, month. what's the uh, what's the word about? Because I haven't been. What's the word with Anderson Silva like about his, you know, the rehab of his leg? Is he ready? He's, he's back. Yeah, he's ready. It's gonna. He's ready to fight. It's a quick turnaround, a major, nasty injury. But uh, I mean, regardless to whether whether it, what it is, I, I can only imagine like seeing the pain and agony that he went through that uh that it's just going to be the only the right only, in front of his it's it's, it's not going to be too far from his mind all right the only thing that was like what was what did the guy trivia say today was the second of worst what was the what was the thing the, the second to last thing the, the second to last question so the second to worst thing than this leg actually breaking was that i convinced my entire family to rent that ufc and watch his leg break in front of one lady who was 92 and the leg just snapped back and forth. Now, I know he went through a lot worse, but I saw my Aunt Terry just kind of just it was insane, Rob. Like, and every, like a lot of people are fans. Like, they wanted to watch Saturday Night one. I think they actually rented it. But watching that, like, like I can't believe he's back right now. That was, what, uh, year, yeah. a year in, like, a year and a week? Uh, just a year. Exactly, yeah. Oh, I remember it. I, would never, I will never forget that moment. My life. It I can't believe it's December twenty eighth. So yeah, it's oh, a, about yeah. a year and a, it's about thirteen months. I always go up right after Christmas. Yep. This thirteen year I went up months years. in three days. Not for years. So uh, lots of good things to look forward to in the month of January for TBD and UFC and MMA. And thanks a lot for joining us tonight here on the session. And we will be back to do this again hopefully next Wednesday. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening, everybody.